0: listening to Youth Ministry Maverick, a podcast about mold-breaking methods to invest in the next generation of the church. Here's your host, Jeff Harding.
1: What's going on everybody? This is Jeff. Welcome back to Youth Ministry Maverick. You're listening to episode 100, unlocking creativity and wisdom. Well, we made it to episode 100. This is an exciting milestone, and I can't believe I've had this many episodes. Uh, And today's special guest is one I've waited to talk to, been excited to talk to for a long time, been tracking his youth ministry um, content and other general content uh, for a long time. Uh, You probably know him well, Mark Matlock. Mark is the CEO of Movement um, founder and CEO of Wisdom Works. Uh, he served as the executive director for Youth Specialties. Um, still does a lot of insight stuff with Barna Group and David Kinneman. Um, a great dude. And we talk a lot about things that have been in his wheelhouse for a long time creativity and wisdom. Uh, those are things that we often want to expound upon and use in our own ministry as we invest in young people. And Mark and I have a fun conversation about those terms, how to express them, how to deepen them. And uh, it was a fun conversation. Can't wait for you to hear it. So let's hop on into that conversation with Mark. Well, Mark, welcome to the podcast, man. Uh, it's a joy to have you on. We've been trying to schedule this for a little bit, and uh, it's been a long I know, time. No, it's taken a while. Yeah, it's been, it's been a long time since I've seen you in the Dallas area, and we have both. Been moving and doing different stuff since then. So uh, tell our viewers and our listeners what you've been up to in 2023. Well,
0: in 2022, I've been since I left these specialties. I resigned from my post there and Planet Wisdom student conferences and all that uh, back in 2016. It's hard to Mm -hmm. believe it's been that long. Yeah, yeah. And not really knowing exactly what God had for me. uh, It was kind of I felt it was this time. To move on and hand the the leadership baton over. And so I did kind of going, not knowing. And before I knew it, I was a nonprofit consultant and was helping a lot of different organizations with a lot of really exciting projects. It was really exciting season of life. I mean, really fulfilling deeply. Um, And in 2022, one of my um, clients, movement.org, they asked me if I'd be the interim CEO. And coming into 2023, I took the interim off my title and I've kind of stepped in in a full-time capacity there. So, yeah. So even though I'm living in Dallas, I'm commuting to New York where our headquarters are there and also uh, around the globe. So it's uh, got a global element to it. So it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. And interestingly enough, the issues that most countries are dealing with right now and the church is dealing with globally have to do with young people and next generation discipleship Mm-hmm. Which has been the focus of my entire life, but even more recently, uh, David Kinnam and I, the president of Barna Research, wrote Faith for Exiles, mm-hmm. and so that's become a kind of a really important subject. What we discovered about young people who are staying in the church, and um, interestingly enough, uh, World Vision, Biblica Alpha had us do a global study of teens, and we used some of the same profiling frameworks from Faith for Exiles. In that research in 25 different countries. So as I've been doing this global element, um, it's given me kind of an opportunity to be helping other country leaders and uh, youth pastors within other country networks, pastors figure out how are we reaching the next generation. So it's been really exciting.
1: That is really exciting, man. It's awesome. I just happened by coincidence; as it was not planned. I did have the book right here with me. Hey, there um, you go. Yeah, and, I can't hold it up because
0: yeah. I got the green screen, <laughs> and <if laughs> it'd be I all blurry up- and yeah. Oh, actually might, I have a copy, right? It'd here. be invisible. Yeah. yeah. There we go. It's <laughs> invisible. So yeah, it doesn't
1: bad awesome. planning
0: on my part. I should have chosen the blue green, oh. the blue screen instead of the green screen. But
1: that's funny. And uh I actually man, yeah, that the timing of this actually worked out really well because yesterday I got to hear David's keynote at the executive pastor summit, maybe it was for, I think it's for the EFCA on that study. Uh-huh. And I got to watch yes. and take notes and everything. He talked about, you know, it's the biggest study you have ever been a part of 25, 26 countries, like 5,000 interviews. And I'm like, wow.
0: 25,000 wow. 25,
1: 25, interviews? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That makes a lot more sense. This is insane. Uh, oh my gosh. Yeah. So, wow. That's really great timing. Um, it was really exciting to hear him talk. And um, yeah, that's really cool that you work with, because I, even just looking at your websites, so if people are like, what is Wisdom Works? What is Movement? Looking at uh, those websites, they can kind of see how those interchange a little bit just with the direction of how do we make this area better? How do we make a community better? Mm -hmm. How do we think better? How do we root it in the gospel? Um, And for this episode, um, we're talking about some terms that you've expounded on for decades. uh, Creativity and wisdom, you know, going back to... Uh learning to be a magician, uh heading up planet wisdom and new specialties and giving insight for Barna, which you still do. And now your current stuff with wisdom works and now movement. Um, you've dedicated much of your life to learning what people think, why they think, how they think, and then guiding them to hopefully think better. Um, so I don't think you would have engaged in all those things if you didn't think creativity and wisdom were some pretty key values and characteristics that we should be thinking of when it comes to young people we always want to be uh have those at the front of our mind um so mark the first question i have for you is definitely a wide open question love it love the wide open yeah me too uh for all the ministry opportunities you've been in how have you grown in your understanding of creativity and wisdom in your personal and professional life
0: that's a great question and the as you look at, at the arc of time it's it's interesting to see where things go from a seed of an idea to something more so mm. i was a part of these conferences with this guy Dawson McAllister who did these large discipleship bible teaching conferences and um he brought me on to be the magician not because i wanted to be a magician <laughs> but because i could do magic <laughs> and i was okay i was adequate yeah. uh the Real reason was I was kind of like a backup for him. Like, if he mm. should go down, they needed somebody who could maybe cover Bible teaching because they had, you know, thousands and thousands of young people coming to these events and they didn't really have a backup teacher. And this was like six or seven hours of the conference, was this teaching. And so people that were speakers and teachers didn't want to sit around and wait for Dawson to get sick doing nothing. Uh, people that were comedians and jugglers were typical comedians and jugglers. And so they didn't necessarily have this other side that could do this other thing. So I was this weird hybrid because, um, while I was at Biola university, uh, studying, I picked up this magic thing that Mm I've been interested in since I was a kid Mm -hmm. and they were like, Hey, would you want to come and join us? So. When I left Dawson, I was trying to figure out the the reason was I was turning, getting ready to turn 30. And I thought to myself, if I am 30 and I'm still a magician, I will always be a magician. (laughs) And there's nothing, I've you know, most of my friends are magicians. So I don't, there's nothing wrong with being a magician if you want to be one. But Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't think this is what God's called me to be for all of my life. But I could get stuck there, right? I could Mm -hmm. get caught like Bob Denver on, you know, who's Gilligan on Gilligan's Island. Yeah. He played all of these roles in movies and television programs. And then once he was Gilligan, it was like he couldn't escape it. And um, I, I just kind of felt like if I'm 30 and I'm still doing this, I will forever be the magician. So I stopped cold turkey and was like, okay, what do I talk about? And most youth ministry things at that time in the 90s were focused on evangelism and evangelism training. So, we either brought young people to an event to let them hear the gospel and make a decision, or we were training them to go out and share the gospel. Nothing wrong with that. Greg Steer, who has Dare to Share, one of my closest friends, uh, you know, he's dedicated his life to that. But I was kind of feeling like there was this deficit in actual Bible teaching. Like, how are we really helping students see the holistic mm-hmm. application of the Bible to their lives? And so, Um, As I was thinking about what does a young person need to grow, I just was reminded of Luke 2.52, which was you know Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. And I was like, that word wisdom, Jesus grew in wisdom. How do we help young people grow like Jesus did? How do we help them grow in wisdom? So it kind of got me fascinated with that subject. I read every commentary, every book I could get my hands on at the time. There wasn't a lot. But over the years, as we were able to start doing fMRIs on our brain, on healthy people's brains, mm-hmm. so the only way that we kind of learned about like how our brains worked was through people who had brain injuries, brain trauma. But now we were able to do with fMRIs, we were able to study the brain of healthy people and run creative experiments. And so people started trying to understand what wisdom was, what knowledge was, and wisdom was starting to be linked to pattern recognition. How does pattern recognition work in our brains? And I'm reading all this literature out of the kind of neurobiological field going, oh, my goodness, that's what Proverbs is. Proverbs is a collection of patterns. And if we can learn (laughs) how to recognize these patterns, you know, and and so a young person grows in wisdom, like, um, you know, Psalms uh, uh, 119 promises, you know, I'm wiser than my elders because I've you know studied your word, and this idea that, well, God's Word helps us to identify these patterns and these rhythms so that we can grow faster. So my whole discipleship model around what I was trying to help young people do started being focused on how do I accelerate their acquisition of wisdom? And that was kind of the beginning of wisdom works. And what we were trying to do. But then James Sarwecki wrote this book um, uh, called uh, Crowd, The Wisdom of Crowds, talking about how groups of people are are often smarter or can make better decisions than one expert alone. Hmm. And that became really interesting to me. And I started um, discovering how people learned and uh, how facilitating groups could help reveal pieces of wisdom inside of people that they could collectively use. And that kind of led to um, getting really interested in facilitation, especially as I started going into consulting, how do I take a room full of people and leverage the wisdom of the entire room? So I'd have all these yeah. executives, you know, and I, I did this for wanna you know, I actually use Legos and a method called Lego serious play to help them unlock the wisdom that they had about what, they needed to be doing to help um, disciple young people as the world is changing and we're going through different generational cycles and um, the church is changing. Uh, How did I want to need to change? And so we were able to get that group together and they built these Lego models and it kind of manifested their wisdom to help them have some breakthroughs around the direction they were going. So those are kind of the the things that I got really uh, interested in. Yeah. And so there's always been this just interesting relationship, though, with creativity. And um, so my understanding of it has changed, I think, as academia and the sciences have kind of come to understand how our brain works. And I realize, wow, God has given us the software of the scriptures uh, to match the hardware that he built in us. And so seeing those dynamics together as one is not... Uh, mutually exclusive, a spirituality, but actually become accelerants when we understand them together. So Mm -hmm. that's, those are some of the ways things have changed for me over, over time, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I love that, man. The, when you think about the process and kind of where you've been, where you've been, uh, it, it really helps you to reflect like, um, man, if I had the knowledge that I had now back then, would I still end up like, where i am now and i think when you're talking about oh man suffering are you talking about just how you become wise um Mm -hmm. you know it can be it can be a, a conundrum of um you know i we have this much time we have this finite life before we experience eternity with jesus and how are we using it how are we stewarding it um but uh, you know, within evangelism focus, which you talked about at the beginning, kind of really getting into youth ministry more more full time. Um, you know, we're always thinking about forward, like what's to come? What are we looking toward? And I think our hope in Jesus roots us there, which is good. Um, but uh, I asked the question about those two terms, and I love how you talked about yep. them individually, but then together, uh, because yep. in, in leading for this next question... I think the way that we handle those, we might use them uh, together often. but I think the way that we hold those and people actually use them is is different. Uh, and something that I've always appreciated about you in your writing, or especially in your keynote speaking or anything, is that I think you capture the importance. you know, I remember at Planet Wisdom hearing you talk about sociology stats of, you know, people you yeah. know kids who are born in twenty eleven they might have five different careers and 20 different jobs or, you know, thinking about what's to come and then also thinking about what are memories as a kid or how, how did you grow up in the faith? Um, but also, I think what, what you do now with movement and then Wisdom Works probably is really root people in the moment. And like, what are we doing now for the gospel? Like, what's to come is important, where you've been is good, but it's not just those two things. Like, right, right now, how God is using you impacts a lot.
0: Yeah, it's a a convergence,
1: right? It is. It's a
0: convergence of of all those things because we obviously are, God created us to be born uh, in a certain physical body with a certain DNA that's been passed down for generations. Yeah. And then he also, through his spirit, regenerates us. Yeah. But then we're also born at a unique period of time. And so, you know, (laughs) looking at those three things all together and going, Lord, what are you doing? Right. Like, that's a really exciting kind of just, you know, thing to kind of consider because there is nobody that's ever existed just like you. Mm -hmm. So that means that God said there's a reason for you to exist and there's a reason for you to exist in this time and space in this moment in history. Mm -hmm. And that's just a fascinating thought, you know, to, um, wake up to every day, you know, to your, your question about wisdom and creativity and how we use those things. So, you know, I think for me, the creative journey has been an interesting one because, um, you know, magic is one, (laughs) the magician thing is one form of creativity. And, um, and then like art is like another kind of creativity and sometimes Mm -hmm. the two intersect. Yeah. Uh and and so it helped me kind of to think about the fact that there's like I think especially those of us in youth ministry, uh creativity can be really being clever at times, like, oh, he's so clever. And like when we alliterate our all of our messages or we come up with an acronym for something, but sometimes that cleverness actually isn't the same as invention, right? Hmm. And it, and the craft of what we do isn't art. And I think that there's kind of like a, an importance for us to understand that there's like a creative spectrum, Mm. one that's about novelty and one that's really about innovation. And I think that we have to understand the difference between those things. So we're always pushing ourselves deeper in our creativity sure there's, you know, for a a Wednesday night activity, that novel, clever, um, you know, type of, uh, crafty creativity may get us by in a fun way, but if we're not touching on those deeper forms of creativity, we're missing out on part of, you know, who God is in our lives. And, you know, then flipping over to the wisdom word, wisdom's interesting because, um, think about why you go to a wise person, right? Like why would you seek out a wise person? It's usually for some advice and think about what you're doing, right? So take that pattern recognition thing that I said earlier. So when you go to a wise person, you're basically saying, here's my life story or here's my situation. And they're running it through every pattern they have experienced in life. And they don't even realize how many millions of patterns are running in against who are you uh are you married are you do you have children how does this family affect you what part of the country are you in what's your ethnic background and makeup you know like there's all these things are going in to inform all of this and the more that those things are in alignment those patterns are in alignment with god's way of seeing and valuing life then the more accurate those that wise counsel is going to be, and, and that's going to be different for other people. And so, um, so creativity uh, helps us to see things from multiple perspectives, to mm-hmm. see multiple options and possibilities. But also helps us to see beauty, helps us to see what is good, uh, because um, you know you have, you can have creativity that's ugly too, right? We've all seen people create and make things that. That aren't great, it's still creative. It's just <laughs> not great, um, and so creativity is kind of also this pursuit of what is beautiful, what is pure, what is what is good, what is right, what is just. And so that that goes along with this wisdom thing of running across all these patterns. I mean, with AI right now, we're thinking a lot about patterns. We're thinking a lot about you know mm-hmm. how does this happen when you know we type in some words and all of a sudden it's creating a piece of art off of those words. It's taking all these patterns, putting them together in a new and unusual and different way. And it's doing it, trying to do it while still adhering to maybe rules of beauty and unity and order that artists have identified and kind of defined and where they get those ideas from a lot of that came from nature, mm-hmm. uh from from what God originally created and, and things like that. So so that's interesting uh, as well to kind of consider that. Um And so for me, as I go through life, I'm always looking for the patterns. I'm always looking for, and is there a pattern that I can, I can adopt. And does that now becomes a part of my toolkit that comes a Mm. part of the way, the way I think process, you know, counsel other people, but you know, James warns us there's wisdom that comes from above and there's wisdom that comes from below. So wisdom can also, it can also be an earthly kind of a wisdom, like how do I succeed? And so, it was interesting my daughter who's a musician she was talking about somebody she was envious of who's got a career that's kind of taking off right now um still not widely known but she was like dad do I have to you know use my sensuality um you know in an inappropriate way to be able to is that the path of a pop star even mm-hmm. though she doesn't want to be a pop star but is that the path that you have to take to be famous in this in this sector and it's like that is a pattern you could follow right and um but are there other patterns that are based on purity and righteousness and um doing what is good and that's wholesome you know and so let p- really paying attention to those things and realizing that there's a lot of wisdom out there but there is wisdom can lead you depending on its where those patterns come from selfish Ambition, gain, all that stuff that comes from the earth, yeah, versus what comes from from heavenly uh, wisdom, and so all wisdom is not equal. (laughs) Yeah. So I just answered a lot of things there in those things about the wisdom, but hopefully that's helpful.
1: Somebody it is very helpful. I think I love just riffing off of this stuff. (laughs) Same, but I I like doing that and just listening uh, because (laughs) it makes me think of like, oh, I didn't think about that because. Because the original question I was going to ask is actually like the answer you just gave on how you use those differently is probably the answer. So when I think of on a very linear, probably 2D scale, I think Mm -hmm. when it comes to that convergence you mentioned earlier, like we're all walking Venn diagrams. Like (laughs) we all have this convergence, right? And so when I think in a 2D way, when we think of wisdom, we usually Mm -hmm. think of or people usually employ it as well, here's what was, and here's what will be better in the future. And it seems like creativity is all is usually limited to the moment. And it seems like you have those two together that kind of function in those, but the way you talked about the depths and layers of creativity Mm -hmm. and how interwoven wisdom is and how wisdom can like highlight some of those as well. I think that's kind of, instead of like trying to, spread out and maybe make the Venn diagram lines bigger, like going deeper. Right. Uh, which might seem like a cliche metaphor, but going deeper, uh, actually allows you, I think like maybe like even rings of a tree and just like the life in the Mm. tree and how it grows. And, you know, a tree can be wide and cover a lot of space, but you know, just like the fig tree that Jesus cursed, it looked good, but didn't have any fruit. And, you know, there can be a terrible looking tree or a tree that doesn't look so good that has really good fruit. And it's the life in the tree. It's a source of life in the tree. And so thinking about the ways that God made us and expounding on that instead of trying to, well, I have to think about creativity and wisdom or any other characteristic that's good of like, how do I apply it in all places all the time? And that's probably a 2D way of thinking about it where we need to think 3D and, Like what are the depths of what God has given us and how he's created us? And then how does my life experience people I meet, the reason I'm placed in this area that I'm placed, the church that I'm at with the family I have, the the period of time I'm born in, how do I like plunge deeper and think about how God's created me and to live that out instead of just trying to take good stuff and spread it everywhere? You know, I think going deeper is like you talked about. It's probably the better way to think about that.
0: Well, I, you know, take creativity, for instance, right? So what's the first thing we learn about God? In the beginning, God created, right? First line out of, out of the at Genesis, the attribute we know about God is that he created. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a creator God. Okay. How did he create? You know, he created perfectly. Everything he created was perfect. None of us can create with that kind of perfection. Um, but what is the what is the archetype for that creative perfect right? right so what jesus made was unique uh what god made was unique uh nobody's ever seen it before he spoke it you know, into existence the more we study about um things uh that god made we realize that not only were they unique and original but they're also captivating there's the beauty uh to the things that god made they have some kind of um, a logic to them that that makes them beautiful mm. and aesthetic to them and then there's a third thing and that is um uh they're functional you know we're learning more and more that things that we thought were maybe just beautiful attributes in a in a bird or an animal or a plant or whatever serve like this really deep functional purpose so when we think about our creativity, one great thing is, is, is this unique, right? And as human beings, we can only plagiarize God. We don't have the ability to be truly creative. Like God was creating. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, we're, we're confined by the spectrum of color. God is not, which is exciting to think about a potential, uh, restored earth where we could make new colors that nobody's ever seen before. Mm. Um, but You've got the uniqueness. So how unique is what I'm creating? How captivating is it? Is there a mm. beauty to it? Something that draws me to it. And sometimes it's not even a beauty. Sometimes it's a horror thing too. The cross was a horrific uh, uh, you know, moment. And think about how many artists have painted or depicted the yeah. cross because there's something about the horror of that moment that's also beautiful and captivating. So it has that element to it. And then functional. What is the purpose behind this? Does it have does it have a purpose beyond those other two things? To me, keeping those three things in tension um kind of helps me think about creativity. Is this unique enough? Is this captivating? Is this got a deeper function to it that may not be obvious? Yeah. Those kinds of things kind of propel me as I'm thinking about creativity.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man.
0: Go, I go love deeper. that. Since you said three D, I was like, I'll give them three three corners of a triangle. You
1: there know? you go. Yeah. I like that, man. Yeah. Mark, this has been fun, man. I could talk to you for a long time. Uh, but uh, I wanna honor your time and thank you for coming on. There's several yeah, ways. hopefully
0: it's not been too esoteric. I mean, talking no. about big ideas like wisdom and creativity, not your not your typical youth ministry fodder, you know. No,
1: but, uh, no. but yeah, we we there there's a lot of how, how-to books and other episodes we've had and people can listen to and books and methods uh from people who can do a lot of things but you know i'm i'm the maverick so everything is in my wheelhouse so uh it's totally totally good i prefer to have those more esoteric abstract conversations personally anyway uh maybe it's just me getting getting old and and wise hopefully (laughs) uh yeah so uh so tell us how people can keep up with you online and if you want to you don't have to a little birdie told me that you might be working on a book so do you want to tease any of that
0: yeah, so interestingly, I'm I'm actually writing a book on spirit people who are spiritually curious. Okay, and all the research that we've done at Barna for, like you know Alpha, he gets us. American mm-hmm. Bible Society. Um, I started noticing this pattern that there was like this group of people that I felt were maybe uniquely spiritually curious. Okay, but not completely religious, right? We're learning a lot about this group as we've been doing this research, but, um, but. A lot of times, when we think about the non-Christian, we tend to think of uh, you know some kind of atheistic person who is hell bent on doing their own thing and living their own way. But but what if there's you know, like one out of three Americans are actually curious about spiritual things? The hypothesis of the, of the book is kind of um, does the church know how to engage the spiritually curious. Hmm. And um curiosity and certainty, I'll tease you with this. Curiosity and certainty are both a pursuit of um something that's not known, but they have different motivations. Okay. Curiosity is like an open, expanding kind of posture. Certainty is a move toward closure, right? And so some of what we're finding in our preliminary research, we'll have to, you have to finish the book. Uh, I got to finish writing it uh, to be able to sh- share all the conclusions. But the question is, is are most of the people in the church people that were pursuing certainty? And so they've closed themselves versus a spiritually curious person who's actually like looking constantly to learning more. And how do those two things play themselves out culturally in the environment of a local church community and is that maybe one of the reasons why curious people have a hard time with this church mm-hmm. or ultimately embracing it is because they're actually not looking for the same certainty that that person in church has found because that was the purpose of church for that group and so we're missing out on reaching another group there's some other ideas there but um yeah that's a really good tease both, though yeah. 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 Is that a good tease? <laughs> That's a good tease. Yeah. So, I like yeah, that. It really line. shapes, it shapes a lot of things about the way we structure our content, uh, the way that we engage people. And it asks us also, do we really believe the Holy Spirit is working in people's lives? And are we really confident in this truth that God has given us, not just through the special revelation of scripture, but also in creation to accomplish good work in people? And yeah. Uh, Really it's a really provocative um thought
1: yeah, provocative sounds kind of paradigmatic as well. Like it sounds like it's gonna really demand our attention of how we even do church, uh, which is a good thing to revolutionize and and reform how we're making disciples, which is really cool. I'm well, really needed. There are pe- there are people out there looking
0: for looking for um to know God more and more and more. And um we, we want to make sure we can be the ones to help them.
1: Very cool. Well, uh, tell us uh, what's the best way, one or two ways people can keep up with you on social media or online and, wh- and what you're doing.
0: Yeah, you know, I'm, I'll am i be honest with you for as much as I'm supposed to be about like, you know, youth culture and all this stuff. Um, you, you know, I kind of uh, am not as active on social media as I used to be, But um, but I am on all the socials, you know, from... LinkedIn, you know, on to Twitter, (laughs) you know, do I need this, uh, Instagram, you know, I'm not great at documenting my life through pictures, but I try every now and then. And then, uh, the, probably the thing that I interact with most on is just my actual Facebook friend page. (laughs) I have like one of those, like, you know, personality page of things or whatever. And I don't do a great job of engaging there, but just my regular old friend page, um, that's where I have the most interesting conversations yeah and um so that's kind of been 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 the place where the activity is but mark Martmatlock.com, i think maybe has something i don't know i used to have a website called wisdomhacker.com i think I'm okay uh but that the <laughs> fact that i'm not sure tells you there's fresh posts there folks yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a place yeah where you, can, you can find a newsletter while i will send things out to people there um that okay that's of... helpful let you know what's new um will happen there. So you can sign up for that, uh that newsletter on wisdomhacker.com. Okay. Oh, wi- wisdomworks.com. Oh yeah. That's wisdom. The, that, wisdom works. Yeah. That's yeah. the actual thing that pays me uh, <laughs> pretty regularly. <laughs> Can't forget about yeah, that. That would yeah. be, yeah. I'm a <laughs> terrible marketer, self promoter. I need to, I was not made for the influencer generation.
1: We yeah. had to do it the old
0: fashioned way with the link <laughs> <league> stance. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there's too many things. There's a lot of things. Uh, well, I will definitely find the... I'll put the links for like movement.org and that kind of stuff in the show notes. People can... In the YouTube description. Uh, but thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you have done. And um, yeah, uh be praying for you as God continues to use you in ministry for his kingdom. Thanks, man. Hey, you bet. Thank you. That concludes today's episode. Thanks again to Mark for joining me. You can find some links to some websites of his in the show notes. If you haven't already, please go to youthministrymaverick.com and sign up to be a free Maverick subscriber because starting this fall with season four, that is how you're going to catch the majority of the Youth Ministry Maverick content. Exclusive episodes, um, research studies, uh, news headlines, and small group questions to go off that, game content, all those things to help your ministry. You can access the Linktree link in the social media profiles for Youth Ministry Maverick, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you can go to the website to sign up to be a free Maverick subscriber. While on the website, you can check out our store, check out other organizations and ministry partners that can help you in your own ministry. Uh, So be sure to do all of that. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Adios.